Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. After a few years of enthralling audiences through live performance, Reichman began writing and recording with her childhood friend, producer Gabe Monroe, to create her debut full-length album, Joyride. The album serves as a vivid canvas for her vibrant expression, requiring a skillful blending of genres to convey her vision fully. Fish's Trey Anastasio joins the album as a co-producer and featured musician, playing guitar on five of the nine tracks. I don't even know what else to say. There's so much to say about this. <laughs> Why don't we start there? Karina, what's going on? You have some explaining to do. Isaac, I mean, my lord, I love when you read like that, and especially when the content is so blaze of fire and spectacular. Um, hi, yeah, dude, wow. The day has come. The day has come. The news drops today. The news drops today. It is June 7th. Uh, this is news. You know, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Isaac. I've been holding this news. We, the collective we, you know, you, our friend Marlo, uh, you know, my band, Gabe, my producer, Trey Anastasio, my manager. We've been holding this all like pretty close to our chest for, for a hot minute now, you know? Almost two years. Sort of. Well, I would say, you know, so to trace, should I trace things back for a hot second? I think you have to. Okay, great. Okay. So, so as they say, what happened was, um, it, you know, I have been writing songs with my dear pal Gabe Monroe for quite some time. And Gabe is an illustrious producer. He has a Sony ATV publishing deal. He makes, you know, incredible music with tons of, you know, pop stars and rappers and all this stuff and bless his heart he took an interest in working with yours truly i don't know why but i will never be able to thank him enough for working with me right so gabe and i've been writing music for a long time blah 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 blah, recording with my band doing all this stuff and i like you know i wanted to cull together enough songs to have 
a debut record, you know, because I, you know, I've released six disparate singles from 2019 until this present moment, right? So we're working on it. It's going great, writing, doing whatnot. And then there was sort of this, like, crazy moment at uh, actually the Peach Fest, Peach Festival uh, 2021, where, if you'll recall, that was, like, kind of the first major festival that I slash, I want to say a lot of our peers played coming out of the pandemic. You know, it was basically one of those things where everybody was seeing each other for the first time in a long time. And at that festival, my band played, you know, definitely at, at that time beyond our best show to date. It was like a big moment. There were tons of people there. It was super well attended. We owe a lot to that set, to be honest, like just incredible. And then later in the weekend, I guess, you know, uh, I was sort of just in the right place at the right time. I was backstage for Solis playing the same slot that I had the next day, right? And it was very much locked down back there uh, because Trey was going to sit in with her, right? And for those who don't know, I, we went to, both Isaac and I went to middle school with Trey Anastasio's daughters and have been, you know, longtime family friends with them in that regard, you know, and of course still very good friends with, uh, with the daughters and whatnot. But, you know, Trey had been a longtime family friend, uh, but certainly not a musical peer, uh, shall we say. And then at that very moment, Trey like saw me, ran up to me. We hadn't seen each other since before the pandemic and started just completely, I had no idea that he like knew about my music, like really, you know, but he starts naming to me all my songs by name, you know, and is just like, oh my God, and City Kids, and we listen to City Kids around the house all the time, and referencing videos that actually, Isaac, you and I had made during the pandemic with a drone and all these different things. And I'm just like, wow, like, like I knew he followed me on Instagram, but I didn't know how closely he paid attention or was looking or whatever and just started really just being incredibly laudatory about my music and the direction I was going in all these things and whatever and you know it was a beautiful conversation and he was you know he was like I'm gonna give you the same advice that Bill Graham gave me when I was your age and you know talking to me about Oysterhead and how important original music is and you know to just keep going and blah 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 and then, you know, we got to talking and we, you know, I was saying that I was writing for my debut record and whatever. And he just had like this sort of, you know, moment where it was just like, can we can we go get lunch sometime? Because there's a lot more of this that we like I'd love to talk about. And I was like, uh, yeah, dude, anytime you want, we can go get lunch. <laughs> and so we did that the week after. And uh, you know, we had like a three hour lunch, maybe a four hour lunch and just talked so much about music and the process and this and that. And you can only have your first record once and coming out swinging and doing it all. And, you know, just, you know, sounding like yourself, all these, you know, things that like I could never even regurgitate, you know, how much wisdom and knowledge and care and selflessness like he imparted to me, even in just that one moment. But then, you know, a few days after that, like, he was just like, you know, I had a moment of clarity, and he was just like, I, you should mix the album at the barn, which, for those who don't know, like, that's the Fish Barn, that's, you know, his recording studio, that's very much not, like, a commercial studio, nobody gets to go there, really, unless they're friends with 
a band or, you know, fish and their many projects and whatnot. And he was like, and you'll use Bryce Goggin, who, again, for those who don't know, is, you know, uh, he basically made the barn sound the way it does, you know, and Farmhouse was him and so many of the fish recordings are, are Bryce Goggin and also, you know, namely uh, Pavement records have been uh you know Bryce's claim to fame among a million other things he's a brilliant 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 (laughs) brilliant man and he's done so much and he's an incredible hang and an incredible dude and so he was like okay so I'm gonna give you the barn and I'm gonna get you Bryce Goggin and he was just like and I am available for you know playing and whatever and all this different stuff and I was just like whoa 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 and this is you know like July of 2021 right so I'm like okay amazing I need to get my songs together in a big way and then we can you know let's do it you know so basically the fall and winter of 2021 were spent you know with me and Gabe Monroe my guy and you know my band and a bunch of you know other musicians and whatnot just getting these songs ready for Trey and Bryce's ears right and then uh, come January 2022 I finally send off the Dropbox like the Dropbox it's literally still like on my desktop as like the Dropbox and then so we send it over it graces their ears. They're super stoked. Blah, blah, blah. Trey has all these ideas. You know, this is so good. Let's make it even better. That's a, that's a you know, a very strong Anastasio line right there. And, uh, and yeah, and then in f- April, yeah, April of 2022, because I was on tour for all of March and most of February of that year, but blah, blah, blah. I think it was April 5th, 2022, went into the, to Bryce's studio, uh, which is called Trout Recording. Me, Trey, Bryce, and Gabe Monroe. And that was a pretty pivotal day for this record where a lot of the songs, you know, Trey came in with an iPad of all these ideas and reharmonizations and extended outros and this and that and just, you know... We were just, you know, spitballing together, like what, you know, figuring out how to elaborate on these songs and, you know, figure out where it was an appropriate place for him to take them further and, you know, what wasn't and what made sense. And, you know, basically spent the day having, you know, all these kind of musical conversations trying to figure out what made sense to keep going. And then we did that. And then Trey played... Uh, electric guitar over five of the nine tunes right and those tunes are joyride actually I can't I'm not gonna even say because you know what the track list hasn't come out yet (laughs) but you'll hear them baby you'll hear them they're gonna be great anyway that's uh that's for when the album comes out I guess on uh on August 17th I believe anyway that's for another time but he plays on five of the nine of them and it was uh it was just incredible that was one of the greatest days of my life it was like one of those like holy shit like you know he's such a great hang he's such an amazing mentor he's such an amazing human you know and for him to have come in so excited about the music and overly prepared and being like you know this core and he would say stuff like you know a lot of the time I would have a chorus that would appear twice in the song and he'd be like Karina this chorus is so good you can't just sing it twice 
bring it back, but we're going to put these new chords under it. And I was like, oh, shit, why are you so good? You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. And uh, there's a song, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. There's a song called Fever Dream, where at the end of Fever Dream, like, it it definitely, he had a really cool idea for a direction it could take. Um, very excited for the public to hear that one. And uh, And, yeah, so we had this great day. And then for the next month, basically, from April 5th to the 1st of May, Gabe and I took everything from that session from Bryce and then took it back to our studio and basically just, you know, it was like the the chopping block. It was like, what do we keep? What do we not keep? What do we take? Take Trey's idea, play it on one of the native instruments, you know, like on a synthesizer that was used on the rest of the record or, so, you know, whatever needed to be done to to make these songs as awesome in my vision as they could possibly be you know and it was a very humbling moment of and that was you know there's so much amazing footage that I'm sure we'll see the light of day at some point of Trey you know just saying like you know he's like Karina you know don't be afraid of the garbage can anything I play throw it out you know and it was a very funny moment of just like I was like oh no you know but he was extremely, you know, conscious of, like, this is my first record. This isn't a Trey record, like, you know, and kind of bridging the gap between those two things and how, you know, his incredible mind for composition and, you know, stuff like that could, you know, come and meet where my ideas were and develop them further without it sounding like anything but me, you know? And it's pretty crazy. So that's that next that month was us just like figuring all that out, taking the best of Trey and utilizing some of his ideas, but not all of them and blah, blah, blah. And then me, Gabe and Bryce Goggin went up to the barn for the first week of May and mixed the record at the barn, which was an incredible experience. There's actually an episode of Inappropriate Happiness where you're from an undisclosed location. (laughs) And that was the barn. And we did it with Gabe producing the episode through, like, you know, uh, whatever, $300,000 console, right? Like, this crazy thing. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So Say if, more. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about exactly. the barn. Well, the, boor, the barn is the barn. the barn is one of the most incredible acoustic environments. Like, just, like, and also... You know, it's no secret I'm a huge Fish fan, you know, and was brought into it, obviously, in this crazy unorthodox way as a friend of the family, you know, uh, from from middle school onwards. And it's so crazy to just see, like, you know, it feels like they're a clubhouse, you know, and there's so much history in there, even just like press pics and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's where they took this picture and that, you know, and uh, Trey wasn't there for that. He was on forget if he was yeah he was on the road or preparing to be or something and uh but we spoke every day and I was like dude this is so fucking crazy and he was telling me all these stories he's like oh we used to have these crazy parties here and the bridge and the cupola and all this crazy shit it's it's a really really special place and also everything in there like he's like that's my Italian grandmother's sofa and that comes from you know this grandparent or that grandparent like you know nothing was arbitrary nothing was bullshit like it was all it meant something to him every single thing in there and you could feel that it we really could and uh we had the time of our lives <laughs> mixing it working with Bryce is an absolute dream he works from you know 9 a.m to 6 p.m and then when it's 6 p.m he's like all right 
bye guys, and he stayed in a hotel nearby while Gabe and I stayed in the barn, which was incredibly cool, and we got to work on a bunch of new music in the barn, which is still stuff that we're developing to this day, <laughs> which is very, very cool, like, you know, and, uh, and so, yeah, basically, I had a mixed record since, like, May 7th or May 9th of 2022, and I've had to keep this a big secret since then. So, if you've seen me, between May 7th of 2022 and June 7th of 2023, I've uh, I've been keeping that really close to the chest because I was just like, wow, that is a crazy, I, you know, it's, it's incredible. And again, I really, I could never thank, it's, you know, and it goes so far beyond Trey because so many people have come to help me realize this project you know namely Gabe Monroe my fucking guy this is you know a person I trust him with my life it's you know I can be vulnerable with Gabe I can sound like shit with Gabe I can tell him a terrible idea and it's all good you know what I mean I can he 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 doesn't make me nervous you know to show him my like a direction I want to take a piece of art in you know because I trust his I trust him, you know, it's, he's, and he'll be honest with me, even if something is super rough around the edges at first, you know, Gabe and I have been working together for a long time. We worked in his studio in Williamsburg, which was in a basement that flooded and there was a really rough patch in all this. So like the single joyride, we wrote it at his dad's apartment on a laptop with an Apollo, literally like we, we wrote it there. A hundred percent. And we finished off the lyrics and we in finished, this very space. We sure did. We finished off the lyrics in this very space when I was on Accutane and Prednisone. And, you know, I the public doesn't know about this, but, you know, from, <laughs> from October of 2021 to July of 2022, I was on Accutane. I had the craziest acne thing that happened to me, and it was the craziest shit. And then there was a 17-day stretch right there where I had to be on this steroid called Prednisone. Don't know if you know anything about it. I hope you never have to be on it. It is a fucking crazy steroid that was supposed to blow down your, you know, people use it for all kinds of things. But, like, literally my acne had gotten so out of hand and exacerbated by the Accutane before it got better that I had to take this crazy drug. Anyway, we were literally, like, recording drums for the album and doing all these, like, synth overdubs and doing all this crazy stuff around that time. And it's one of those things where, like, you know, I don't think I slept for two weeks. And I, like, you couldn't really read other people. It was very strange. So, like, Gabe would be there with me for, like, 22 hours a day. And then I would just be like, you know, we just spent 20 hours doing stuff. And I'd be like, all right, cool, man. So, like, now, like, the synths? And he'd be like, yeah, sure, Karina. Whatever you want. And looking back, I'm like, wow, I think I really pushed everyone to the limit. At that point, including being right here in this living room with you guys and just trying to figure out, like, I had the vocal melody, but I didn't have the words. And I'm, it's always tough with the words, you know, for me. Always a vocal melody will come first before I, before I nail down the words. And we were just, like, up for hours trying to get this stupid chorus right. And I think we did. It's so great. It's great. It's so great. Oh my God. So yeah. So I mean, you know, and that's just scratching the fucking surface of all of it. You know, the album has so much on it. Also, we (laughs) have to, I I don't even know where to begin. I cannot wait for you to hear all of it. There will be a second single in July. Um, 
which will be great, and I can't wait to announce that. And the whole record will drop in August, and I'm just wildly proud of it. Uh, you know, that's just a little portion <laughs> of everything about it. I mean, well, shit. I guess, I don't know, that it came to mind that you have taken the arrangements that are on the album and translated them to the live space. Sure. And that's gotten quite a reaction from your audience. It's been really cool and it's been fun. You know, I feel like a lot of bands don't do that. Like they don't workshop new tunes until the record comes out, you know, and uh, and a lot do, of course. But I have no qualms about doing such things. Right. So it's been really fun to work out you know, transitions and, you know, jams and all these cool things that, you know, and like figuring out tempo wise, like what works well together. You know, if I open with this, then, you know, playing this three songs in isn't going to work because it's too slow and like just stuff like that and trying to, you know, figure it all out. It's been really a cool process, you know, and uh, it's it's going to be insane when we like can play the thing front to back that's gonna be so cool <laughs> which we haven't done yet we have not done that yet but you know the studio versions of these songs to me like of course live is a whole other space but the the intent behind every sound on the record was very intentional and very very you know uh you know everything was sought after it was like this isn't an accident you know what i'm saying so very excited for for you to hear like the original intent behind all these tunes and then of course they'll find uh new life in the live space very excited for that it's fucked up (laughs) (laughs) isaac's shaking his head in disbelief at me (laughs) well i don't know i guess like we've sort of like you really have but we've kind of lived this oh my god whole saga and it's very funny to run it back as you know we've been working on some of the press stuff like it goes so deep in these different ways and there's so much to say about it and also you know talking about music is only goes so far i mean obviously there's (laughs) like the product of the music (laughs) itself that cannot really be described And that's coming soon still. Sure. Yeah. And Isaac, bless his heart, you know, Isaac is an award-winning writer over here and he wrote the bio for the album, right? Which is basically, you know, also it's it's the press release as well, basically, Uh, you know a big part of it at least and we've been going back and forth on figuring out the exact right stuff to say and the exact right quotes and it's it is it's so funny and I you know I've heard bands talk about this forever it's like you know you finish something and then you're already in your mind on to the next thing but you're like oh shit no like this hasn't even reached the light of day yet this is so crazy it's just uh it's a funny feeling of like you know, it's not like I want to move on, but I'm like already working on so much new material and doing like, you know, it, it's not that it feels old to me, but it feels like it feels like just, oh, finally, like because these songs aren't mine anymore. That's the thing. They can't be. I cannot. They're yours. They're they they're they're going to outlive me and you and all of us. They're done. They're just a part of the world, like not to be all like that guy about it, but that's how I feel about it. I don't I don't want to hold them close to my chest. I want them to have lives of their own. They're like ready to live. They've been ready to live. And I want them to live a beautiful life, you know, and fucking I'm so proud of each and every one of them. They're special tunes and so many people 
helped make them what they are. And I'm, I'm excited for, for this next phase of like, you know, it sounds stupid, but like being an album artist, being somebody who makes albums, like that's like, that's what I want. I want to make them, you know? And it's just so cool. Like, and Trey is very much hammering how he's just, he's like, how's the next one coming? How's the next one coming? How's the next one coming? And, you know, we spoke like last week and he was so funny. He said like, he said, you know, you can't prepare yourself for like, you know, the day the record comes out, right? He's like, I've experienced, I've experienced this a million times. Record comes out. And you're like, yay, my record came out. And everybody's like, congratulations, your record came out. Oh my God. And you're like, thank you so much. Yay, the record came out. Congratulations. And then the next day you're talking to them and you're like, my record came out. And they're like, my aunt is flying to Portugal. And you're like, uh, yeah, man, but, like, my record came out yesterday, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 that was yesterday, but my aunt is flying to Portugal today. <laughs> I don't know. I think the <laughs> hype around <laughs> this album is gonna overshadow anyone's aunt flying you, anywhere you for a so? minute. Yeah, I, I think know. so. I don't know. Well, you know, either At way. At least here. <laughs> <laughs> At least in this room, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. We can only hope. We can only hope, but I understand, like, the, you know, his antidote to that oh, yeah, totally. is is being on to the next thing you totally. know which i super get which i super get so i mean fucking a guys I, you know g- the secret's out i've been holding it for a long time i hope you like the song <laughs> which is all you get for right now but the record man get ready for the record uh today you can pre-order the vinyl go to the link in my bio and pre-order the vinyl holy shit that is a crazy uh thing to say out loud thank you i hope you pre-order the vinyl and i hope in two months you love it <laughs> well speaking about moving on to the next thing we were in iceland we were with I have the a- disco biscuits for the transatlantic event and we <sighs> totally haven't spoken about it since which is shocking i have i have another segue isaac uh on joyride you know there there are several featured musicians right I, you know there's me gabe monroe Trey Anastasio, Chris Corsico plays drums, but there is a synth break in there, and that synth break that separates uh, chorus number one with verse two, that is my main man, Aaron Magner, from the Disco Biscuits, on the boards, chairman of the boards, if you will, meaning the synthesizers, and we thank him so much for his incredible contribution to the song, and we had the best time with him in Iceland, And those guys were absolutely firing on all cylinders. And the fact that we know a band that took my band to Iceland to perform at this insane concert hall is shocking. And they were, I mean, Isaac, you've seen like 100,000 Disco Biscuits shows. You thought that last one was like the best you'd ever seen. Yeah, the Disco Nation is very pleased (laughs) with the caliber of playing over the Iceland weekend. We really enjoyed our time there. Oh, my God. What a great place. What a great time. It's shocking. It's really shocking. I I could not beseech everyone more to go and visit Reykjavik. And, you know, there's uh, this company that's been doing it. It's called Pilgrimage of Sound, if you will, right? Green Sky Bluegrass is about to do it. Uh, Wilco did it before the, uh, the Disco Biscuits. And there's pavement in Iceland coming up. This in summer. July, yeah. Correct. And, uh, you know, I I couldn't recommend anything more. You know what's really cool about it, Isaac? Just experientially, 
you know, is like, it's not like one of those things where, and of course there's, there's merits to both in a big way, but you know, when you go to Mexico and you do the all inclusive thing, whether that's, you know, sky blue sky or holidays or, you know, the fish stuff or whatever it might be, you know, you're, you're plonked down in a resort basically. And I'm not saying you can't leave cause you definitely can, but you're, you know, ensconced with all the fans all the time in this sort of thing where, you know, you might be in Mexico, but you don't, you know, you're not seeing much of it theoretically. Whereas in Iceland, we were uh, completely separate, you know, off to our own devices, doing whatever we wanted all day long. And then you had a concert at night. And then a late night concert after that, you know, so that's pretty cool. And it's just like, you you know, you're plonked down in a city. You can do whatever you want with your time. You can stay wherever you want. You can eat wherever you want. You can go explore wherever you want. And everybody, I think, made really good use of their time in Reykjavik, including like the Disco Biscuits were doing the craziest shit, going to ice caves and volcanoes and geysers and getting completely out there. And going to all the lagoons and doing, you know, eating incredible food. It was, the food was amazing. The food was really great. And I didn't know that it was going to be that good. I really, really enjoyed everything we ate. The, uh, the late night food game is on point there. I'd like to salute them. And it's maybe because the sun, at least this part, at this part of the year, the sun is only gone for about three hours. Tops, really. Yeah, I mean, I sat in with your band at both Idno for the late night and Harpa, and it was the strangest thing being about to walk on stage to play a Bjork song with you in Iceland in front of a sold-out audience at, like, one in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And to look outside and it to be dusk. It's dusk, <laughs> like, dude. It's dusk. So crazy. Oh my god. Yes, Isaac was fucking amazing. He took the bass from me. We've never done this before, right? But I gave Isaac the bass so that I could front woman the shit out of a Bjork tune. We played Army of Me and it was so awesome. We did it. It we, you know, uh my late night show was the night before my opening show for the Disco Biscuits, right? So, like, we tried it out at the late night show, and they were like, fuck it, we got to do it again. You only live once. (laughs) So that was super fucking cool. And it was just a great, great experience. I don't even know. I mean, I feel like my band and crew, like, we just ate that shit up. It was so fun. We went to the Blue Lagoon. We went to the Sky Lagoon. And then on the next day when my band and I, like, we were pretty busy sound checking at Harpa during the day, but you and Adam, my guitar player's girlfriend, Dana, and my boyfriend, Johnny, you guys all, like, went off and went to the craziest-looking lagoon. Yes, what and we fuck? also went on a tour of Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. I was really like, I'm going to take every moment I can to do whatever I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we burned that candle. That was, yes. you know. There's very little very downtime. special. There's no downtime. <laughs> but that's the thing. There could have been downtime. Like, you know, that's the beautiful thing. You can play it like exactly how you want to play it over at the Pilgrimage of Sound in Reykjavik. So incredible experience. Thank you to the Disco Biscuits. You have really done quite a bit for me this year. My God, I have pl- opened for the Biscuits. You know, Cleveland, Buffalo, Vermont times two. Uh, sat in with them in New Orleans and opened for them in Iceland. Like, that's a crazy calendar year right there, and it's uh, we're only six months in. 
just barely, just barely. So very, very uh, honored to be in the fold. Remember when we started this episode with telling the public all about your album? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, are you guys still listening or did you uh, tune out? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> did you guys know that I released... Uh, the first single off my first album today, and you can go pre-order the vinyl right now. Wow, that's fucked up. Also, Isaac, I had a great concept that I don't know when I'm going to like tell the public other than right now, but like, hear me out. 50 test pressings, right? I take, I basically draw all over like the vinyl sleeve, right? And I number them, one through 50, and... I make them crazy psychedelic and beautiful and blah, 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 blah. And they are limited edition test pressings of this record. And then I sell them. And then they're done. I think it's a great idea. Like I think it? 50 is ambitious. 50? Why? For my writing hand? Or selling yeah. them? No, the design. Oh, I'm definitely no. not selling them. I, I, they will I'm gonna, fly. Oh, yeah, no, I will get after it. <laughs> it's like, Karina, you're not going to be able to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> so you worried about my wrist or the oh yeah no no my wrist will be fine yeah you know. okay good yeah i love it i think it's a great idea great cool well look out for that announcement guys once we my didn't know the test off. pressings were coming and the, i got the mail delivered and it just said <laughs> karina reichman joyride on this cardboard box and i was like oh wow he called me this is all happening really fast I all know. of a sudden yeah it's really fucked up it's been <laughs> It's been crazy behind the scenes over here, and it's been really fun to, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of of you know the promo video for all this shit, you know. So we've we've been up until the release, you know, filming crazy promo videos, including me like riding on top of a Jeep Wrangler and uh, flipping over a consumed, might I say, seafood tower. A lot of people are struggling with that. Yeah, they're struggling you with that. that. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good. It's all, it's good. all good. I'm letting you know right now. Hopefully, the you seafood made it was far. consumed. The seafood was uh, heartily eaten, and what was flipped were shells and ice, baby. So those were, you know, headed for the trash can. So don't worry that they had an airborne moment before they went into the trash can. Um, but we had the fucking time of our lives doing that. And shout out to another collaborator of mine, the Visual End, Charlie Chalkin. What do you say about a guy like Charlie Chalkin? This guy is pure sunshine. He's always fucking stoked. And I really appreciate that about him. He has an amazing attitude. He is a videographer of dreams. He works with me on all the visual element of my shit when it His comes to the video. Partner Jason on the projects has been amazing as well. Lovely fucking guy. They've and for, been here. Oh yeah, they're they're awesome. They just great, you know yeah. he's uh, super suit. Like if I could shout him out a hundred times, I would. You know, and you know what? I will because I can. So thank you, Charlie and Chalk and Creative for all of your video needs. I don't know how I got so lucky to know somebody who like you know. And by the way. Well, there's so much to say. But yes, I'm extremely lucky to know Charlie Chalk, and I love this guy. You know, he makes the visual element of everything so dope. And get ready, because the music video is coming out this Friday, the 9th. Uh-oh. That's going to be sick. We're going to do a premiere. Grab your popcorn. It's going to be a great three minutes and 47 seconds. And shout out to Charlie Laud. Two Charlies, right? There's Charlie Chalk, and then there's Charlie Laud, who animates... All this shit. And man, what he did to this music video. We had a call this morning. We were laughing. We were crying. I can't even tell you. It's going to be so fucking insane. I don't like, you know, these guys are brilliant at what they do. They're brilliant. Thank you, Charlie times two. 
And big thank you to my man, Dave Siegel, who is a seafood chef extraordinaire, who literally let us take over his restaurant late night. I brought in like, you know, 12 of my lunatic friends to film this promo video (laughs) and flip over the seafood tower because we were, you know, the anticipation leading up to today was just so mighty that I had to flip the shells, you know? It was a really... There was there was a new kind of experience to show up at Chelsea Market after closing hours and do this video shoot where we hyped you up for like several different takes. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. then of course everyone wanted to stay to see you flip the tower. Right. But at this point it's like twelve thirty, midnight thirty. On and a we, Monday. On a Monday, and we just did a lot of takes of being very excited. <laughs> But it was so great. And Dave Siegel is an amazing seafood chef and friend. Host, host and friend and music enthusiast. Oh, my God, yeah. And just a guy that you love to see. Ugh. You couldn't love a guy more. You couldn't like, love you know, him more. He's so spectacular and really, like, you know, the the amount of help I've gotten on this from, you know, the, the ground up. You know what I mean? Because that's a huge part of it, the promo. The promo is huge. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ. So thank you guys so much for making all of this possible. I wonder if you'll ever hear this podcast. You probably won't. But let me tell you. I think Dave Siegel listens, right? You think Dave Siegel listens? Oh, yeah. He definitely used to. You think he fell off? (laughs) I don't don't know. know. Dave, if you're listening, really, really love you, dude. Thank you for all that you've given me. I could never thank all of you enough. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But the best is yet to come, and it comes uh, out in August. So pre-order the vinyl. Get stoked. There will be another single in July. I wonder what song it'll be. I know what song it'll be. I think I know what song it'll be. Oh, nasty. Nasty. Uh, yeah, Isaac, what else do we got? Do we want to talk more about that? What do you even say? I like This is so crazy. What a I crazy episode. I think episode. this is a good start. I think, you know... Good start. Yeah, there'll be a lot more to say. I mean... I assume so. Yeah. Right? As I think things, so. As things develop, but, uh, you know, it's... it's. We're uh, going to read the public's reaction to <laughs> this. <laughs> be like, this song sucks. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Shut up. Yeah, I don't think great. it's going to be like that. Well, you know, if it is, it's totally cool. Uh, you know, why not? <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion, man. I think people are going to be like, I heard this one before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, oh. I could have sworn I have an MP3 of this somewhere on my computer. Sure. It's like, did you download Live at Nectar's? <laughs> then you anyway. probably have it. <laughs> Good shit, everybody. Thank you endlessly. And I hope you're spinning Joyride anywhere you are, in the office, on the beach, in your car, in your pajamas. Just blast it loud. Know how much love and care was put into it, how many lives it's lived, how proud I am of it. It's a fucking tried and true dance track. So I want to see you dancing. I fucking love this shit, man. Thank you so much. I'm stoked. What the fuck? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Learn to camp, can't even pitch a tent. I've been jumping turnstiles, hailing taxis with intent. Do you need directions? I bet it's not where you put Osiris. This is the story of. 
Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.